As you know, it's important to me that the supplements I recommend and use are of the highest quality. That's why I stock the Protocol for Life Balance product line at my online dispensary, drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance. Protocol for Life Balance offers a wide range of professional grade products using ingredients backed by strong scientific research, including a new extra strength version of astaxanthin for immune, brain, and vision health. Astaxanthin 12 milligram extra strength. It's a naturally occurring carotenoid that plays an important role in cellular protection and healthy immune system responses. Astaxanthin has also been shown in clinical studies to promote normal cognitive function and may help to maintain a positive mood. In the eye, it helps to neutralize free radicals and manage eye strain due to computer usage. Astaxanthin 12 milligram extra strength is available at drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance. drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance for more information and to order. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Before we get back to questions, it's our weekly Q&A with Layla, where you can send questions to questions at drhoffman.net. Let me tell you about our Intelligent Medicine Action Alert, remind you that uh, we are attempting to get the attention of Congress and the powers that be when it comes to an urgent issue, PFAS chemicals. They're forever chemicals that uh, more and more studies are saying are deleterious to our health, and they are present in, well, they're ubiquitous in our air, water, soil, and food. Research has linked them to a wide array of adverse health effects. So join me in filling out the forms at banpfas.org to send messages to Congress, the EPA, and the FDA urging them to protect the public and ban PFAS for good. That's banpfas.org. And I have a special stake in this because I'm a president and medical director of the Alliance for Natural Health, which is spearheading this campaign. But we're getting a lot of synergy because there was a big article in the New York Times last mm-hmm. week about PFAS chemicals. They're always a little bit late to the game when it comes to alerting the public to these hazards. Yeah. Because uh, we've been talking about this for you know, literally years. But uh, it's coming to a head. And the Europeans are way ahead of us in terms of recognizing this threat. And uh, they will enact legislation and controls over PFAS chemical manufacturers. You can, you can find PFAS uh, chemicals... Uh, in all kinds of things, yes. in, uh, in clothing, uh, in pizza boxes. Uh, a lot of those uh, convenience food uh, uh, packaging uh, has a lot of uh, PFAS in it. In uh, firefighting foams and, and mm. firefighters uh, have, oh, there, yeah. there's a lawsuit by uh, some military personnel, I think, about their exposure to PFAS chemicals during their training. Mm. So, you know, they do a lot of uh, putting out fires because. Yeah. You know, part of dealing with combat is yes. putting out fires. Right. <laughs> and literally, you know, right. if your uh, vehicle, your tank, or whatever, your ship, you know, is on fire, mm-hmm. so they practice. And they're exposed to a lot of harmful chemicals. And yeah. that is, we do not want our first responders to take the brunt of this. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's a problem. Yeah. Okay. So, um, Let's get to questions. I think we had a question about uh, yeah. all-cause mortality. Right. Danny writes, Hi, guys. You mentioned studies proclaiming that various nutrients reduced all-cause mortality by certain percentage. Please explain what that means. Okay. Well, that's uh, we sometimes 
bandy about terms that we think are self-evident, which are not. It's a popular term in research mm -hmm. because the ultimate goal of any intervention, whether it be exercise or adequate sleep or a supplement or a medication, is not so much to reduce the risk of, not so much to reduce blood pressure, cholesterol, blood sugar levels, uh, or even reduce the risk of a certain disease, mm -hmm. but it's to reduce the risk of dying. So what's the good of a drug that, uh, say, uh, reduces your blood sugar, but you everybody ends up dying the same time anyway. Right. You know, it's like they die with a good blood sugar, but it's, it's, it's but they die. They die at the same <laughs> age as somebody who isn't right. taking that medication. Right. So that all uh -huh. all cause mortality means all cause mortality. In other words, if you focus on a diabetes drug, you can say this drug reduces the risk of dying for diabetes by twenty five percent. Mm -hmm. It doesn't reduce all-cause mortality. It's like there might be a trade-off. It might reduce the risk of diabetes by 25%, mm -hmm. but it might increase the risk for, I don't know, let's say cancer. Right. Which then... Or having a motor vehicle accident. Right. Or being hit by a bus. Any, I'm uh, kidding. Yeah, you're just throwing it out there, but it could yeah, be yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all-cause uh, mortality meaning anything that right. can kill you. Right. Yeah. So I, there's, there are some supplements that kind of fit that category, and the one that comes to mind is vitamin D. Vitamin D not only is helpful for a bunch of conditions, yeah. uh, but it seems to reduce autoimmunity, it seems to reduce inflammation, it seems to optimize uh, insulin response. Mm -hmm. uh, it re Helps to lower blood pressure. Uh, attenuates the severity of infectious diseases. Yes, it boosts immunity. It, it increases glutathione, upregulates glutathione a little bit yeah. in the okay. body, vitamin D does. So, so many things. Yeah. So, but, and the net effect is that studies are showing that it can reduce all-cause mortality. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to be careful with some of these studies because when you say, anybody who takes vitamin D, on average, they live three to five years longer. Well, it may be that the people who take vitamin D are a little more conscientious. Maybe they're listening to intelligent medicine. Exactly. Maybe, they're, Maybe they're, they look both ways when they cross the road. Right. They're prudent people. <laughs> They're wearing bicycle helmets. Or, or maybe they're a little more educated, or maybe they're a little more affluent. All of which right, right. are all of which influence that improve that reduce all cause mortality. Yes, 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 okay. yes, yes, yes. So this this is a, a, something that bedevils uh what's called epidemiological yeah. research, you know, where you're looking yeah. at populations and you know it, some people say we should not do any epidemiological research because it, it's too confounded by I've variables. heard Jeff Bland say that, Dr. Yeah. Jeffrey Bland oh, really? say, we really don't use, lose, we don't, we don't find anything out from epidemiological studies. Well, I heard him just say, just assert yeah, that. Yeah, that's sort of a popular view. The only problem with that is that, so what are we going to do? We're going to do double blind placebo controlled trials where we're going to take people and we're going to like confine them in a, like in some kind of uh, Tower of London and feed them either a low-fat diet or a keto diet, right? And, Put them and in a me metabolic chamber up at St. Luke's for forty uh, years. The obesity research for forty center. years, and 40, we'll see what yeah. happens, right? Yeah. Who's signing up for that? Right. <laughs> Doctor Mengele might do that. Yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh, you know, speaking of scientific reason, this leads in actually to the next question. We've okay. got some nice lead-ins right. going here this this time Teeing around. Us off for conversation. And, yeah. Right, right, right. This is from Andy. Hi, Dr. Hoppen and Layla. I've been taking Synthroid for many years. A few weeks ago, you answered my question about my very low 
ferritin level, which is a 12. Mm -hmm. In your discussion about it, there was a reference to needing a ferritin level of at least 100 to allow the thyroid to function properly. Mm -hmm. Well, Andy says, I asked my endocrinologist about that. He didn't have a clue. Despite my best efforts, I can't find anything on the internet. Can you give me a citation so that I may share it with him? As always, thank you for your help. Now, I got this bit of information. Well, I'm just, I'm just, yeah. hey, guess what? What? I mean, while you were speaking, yes. in the space of what took you like 20 seconds to read that question, yes. I googled iron and thyroid function. Now, I think an endocrinologist is capable of Googling. Of Googling. That's one thing they... But they at least have to go to PubMed, like right. the rest of us do. Yeah. Listen, this is... Iron is an element that is essential for the human body to synthesize and metabolize the thyroid hormones. There we go. The body is dependent upon iron to convert thyroxin mm -hmm. into triiodothyronine, T4 to T3. T3. And when you take Synthroid... Mm -hmm. You're taking T4, You're and taking, you must convert so you it need, to T3. So you need a high heat. You need the iron. Now I don't do know that. if the if a hundred is the magic number. This is where I found out about okay. the hundred. Yeah, Andy, I went to ifm.org. That's okay. the Institute for Functional Medicine, and I listened on video to a case study of a doctor talking about not just one. Over many, over time, over many years, he found that the optimal ferritin must be at least 100 okay. for the thyroid to be functioning properly. That's where I found out. Now, I know it's not a randomized, placebo-controlled so, so. trial. These are This is case studies, but it's, it's also observation on the doctor's part so, of their own patients. Do you know what percentage of women have a ferritin lower than 30? Premenopausal women. Premenopausal, it's going to be a lot higher. Fifty percent. We have well, forty percent. Oh wow, okay. less than thirty. Yeah, and you want a hundred. We want a hundred. So we see a lot of thyroid problems. Sure, so, yeah. sure. But you know, in premenopausal women, you're not necessarily a, a thyroid problem won't necessarily happen. Then it may be around perimenopause, menopause, after childbirth, those kind of situations where it may hit. So you don't necessarily find hypothyroidism in a healthy 28-year-old woman who may have a ferritin of 30, but otherwise no overt anemia, no low hemoglobin, hematocrit, or, or iron. Uh, it's just the ferritin is the storage form of iron. It's how much iron we have in the closet. And according to this, having a level of about 100 is kind of optimal for well-functioning production of thyroid and thyroid hormone conversion. So I'm, I'm it I mean, it depends on the source. I'm reading here that 80 mm -hmm. is adequate. Okay. 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 Uh, I mean, this was one doctor's uh, it, uh, observation. I, I don't think it's rocket science, but let's. Yeah. It, I think it's worth uh, mentioning that one should check one's iron status. Yes. If one is has hypothyroidism. Right. And that it's an, a nutritional. Yeah. Influence on thyroid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So great. So okay, Andy. There you go. Tell your endocrinologist. And by the way, <laughs> what's interesting is that hyperthyroidism mm -hmm. raises ferritin. Hyperthyroidism. Ah, great because disease. it's so it's inflammatory. An inflammatory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Wow, that's food for thought right there. Okay. So, oh, and here's all right. We have a question here from Pat. Oh, I want to throw yes. something else in. Yeah. 
Well, what's the common denominator between low thyroid, low ferritin? It's hair. Oh, yeah. And so, hair you low thyroid, and you have low ferritin, your hair quality will suffer. Exactly. It right. will definitely thin. Yep. You will lose hair, absolutely. Yep. yep. Yeah. So, yeah. Both, both have an impact. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for that qu thoughtful question, Andy. Yeah. Good point. I want you to pause because... We want to allow one of our sponsors an opportunity to share an important message with you, so here goes. Listen up. You know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. That's why I partnered with Fullscript, an online dispensing platform that only offers curated professional-grade brands that I know and trust. The very same supplements that I prescribe to my patients and take myself. Never counterfeit or expired, always stored and shipped correctly. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to start your free Fullscript account. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and HIPAA compliant and offers world-class support. Fullscript also gives you access to my custom targeted supplement protocols that combine the products that I recommend to address specific needs, heart health, immune support, and much more. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll get access to the supplements and features you need to help you achieve your wellness goals. That's DearHoffmanStore.com. DearHoffmanStore.com. Thanks for listening and thanks for supporting our sponsors. And let me mention that uh, if you're looking for supplements, uh, getting a lot of compliments. Today I got a real compliment on our supplement dispensary because mm -hmm. uh, a guy said, I get the stuff really fast, like amazingly fast. Like, yeah. I was amazed. I ordered some supplements. I think like the next day I got the supplements. Fantastic. That was like, what? Crazy fast. And uh, also there's great variety there. You can get you know, everything you need on Fullscript. So go to drhoffmanstore.com uh, to meet your supplement needs mm -hmm. and uh, you can get really high quality. So, you know, interesting, um, we, I had an interview with uh, Neil Levin yes. of Now Vitamins and yeah. also the professional protocol brand is Protocol for, for Life Balance. Mm -hmm. And they did a study on astaxanthin Mm. which was, their, one of their products is astaxanthin, which uh, we just talked about in one of our podcasts. And w they, they ordered randomly from online sites, including Amazon, and they found that a very high percentage mm -hmm. of the products that they ordered were not meeting label claims. Oh, they, my. You know, they, made, they stated they had X milligrams of astaxanthin, and they fell short of that. I'm so, not surprised. Yeah, so, mm. you know, you're... You pays your money and you takes your chances exactly. on the internet these days with regard to supplements. And that's why I tell people to go to Fullscript. And there, at least, I some have some uh, sense of quality assurance. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, thank you mm -hmm. for... And the customer yeah. service is fantastic. Great. Okay. We've got a question here from Pat. It seems that Dr. Ralph Moss no longer offers one-on-one -on -one cons uh, consultations to people with cancer questions. I think he had, a, uh, he had a service called cancerdecisions.com yes. or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, his website has transitioned to a DIY service associated with his vast knowledge base. Do you know of another place? Okay, so let me explain. Um, yeah. there, there were two guys who used to do that. Uh, there was Pat 
something or other, and I've done podcasts with him, but I think he's long since left this veil of tears, um, who uh, was also a investigative journalist and an expert on cancer. I think he mm-hmm. uh, had some involvement with uh, uh, you know some of the, the National Cancer Institute. And he offered a service, which was more of an 80s and 90s thing, uh-huh. uh, where you, you could actually <laughs> send him your diagnosis, and he would send you reams of information about your cancer and alternatives, as well as the conventional treatments. Um, and the name may pop back into my head, but it's not important because it's not available. Uh, Ralph Moss worked at Memorial Sloan Kettering Hospital, knows the cancer field. Oh, I've interviewed yeah. him many times. Uh-huh. He's written books about the cancer establishment. Yes. And uh, he is older than I am. So to some extent, you know, he may be losing his mojo to have a very demanding uh, job giving information to cancer patients for a fee. It was a yeah. fee for service, but nominal fee where you could just gather reams of information. If you were looking for alternatives, he would give you the plausible alternatives. He was very critical of some of the alternatives. He would say, yeah. you know, people are flocking to this guy, but this doesn't work, you know, yeah. or it's like, don't go there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, and he would also talk about some of the conventional possibilities where some things are promising. He was yeah. very integrative in that sense. And he kept his finger on the pulse of cancer, which is a big job because it's so much is happening in the cancer world that I, it's exploding and it's hard to keep track of it. And, uh, you know, maybe you need to be really have a lot of mojo and a big staff to do that. Mm-hmm. So I guess it has faded from activity. And I don't think anybody is a successor on that. Mm. And so the problem is, is that, you know, if you go to an alternative cancer practitioner, they're going to advocate alternatives. And if you go to a conventional cancer practitioner, they're going to advocate for conventional. Yeah. And then they set up this thing, which is kind of an alternative cancer thing within Memorial Sloan Kettering. But mostly it's there to tell you that those are of little value. Yeah. And, you know, they might offer you some, you know, mild suggestions like, yeah, vitamin D is pretty good, you know. Yeah. Don't go overboard or, you know, make sure that you, you could take some omega-6 or, you know. But mostly the job is to kind of debunk Yes. And, you know, and, and, and steer people away from alternatives. Right. Uh, I it's will, almost like bemusement. I will say this about cancer is I think that they're making some real headway against cancer. Uh, on the other hand, uh, people are still dying at tremendous rates of cancer. True. So while they're coming up with all kinds of new drugs and therapies and new ways of treating cancer with immunotherapy, which is opening up a whole new arena, mm-hmm. uh, with very expensive drugs sometimes with very toxic side effects. Yeah. Uh, I just read a study from Sweden where they wrote about the approval, of, I think they surveyed like a, you know, a couple of dozen new cancer drugs that mm-hmm. were uh, approved. And what they found is that uh, only one of them uh, produced definitive improvements in survival and quality of life. Mm. So they, so these drugs are approved on the basis of they create a response. Yeah. A response, it, it, it might, you know, buy you some time or, you know. But what kind of life are you going to have in that time? But, you know, then, yeah, it's, so uh, they have not worked it out. But they're working on some really promising angles mm. and, uh, the, we may see an era, uh, you know, maybe 
decades hence where uh, the majority of cancers can be uh, at least, you know, kind of like the, what they do with HIV now. They can't cure it, but they right. can slow it. And they can... It's going to be more uh, chronic. becomes a chronic disease, yeah, which uh, unfortunately may require a lot of treatment and a lot so of... So instead of machine gunning yeah. it... Yeah. Well, you know, using combinations... The other thing they're doing is maybe they're coming up with better ways of prevention because the current ways of prevention are not good. PSA, not that valuable. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, mammograms, a lot of false positives. Yeah. But not missing a lot of cancers, unfortunately. Maybe yeah. better ways of detecting it early so that it can be treated early. But then the question is, do we do we treat like a very early uh, breast cancer in a woman 82 years old aggressively? No, because yeah. it's going it, to it'll, it, it'll kill her at 122. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And similarly for breast cancer. So there's a lot of yes. dilemmas that remain in cancer. And, um, you know, if, if I uh, had cancer or, you know, when I talk to patients or a relative with cancer, uh, I'm going to look at both sides. I'm going to look, yeah. you know, try and, and assess the risks and benefits of both therapies. I'm not going to embrace one mm-hmm. or the other. Um, in you know exclusively unless you know, yeah. where it makes sense sometimes it's the best thing to do is to get surgery chemo and radiation and mm-hmm. you know immunotherapy mm-hmm. there we go okay Pat thank you for that yeah I, and I will be on the lookout for anybody who's the worthy successor to um, to uh, our friend there yeah, but yeah. Pat 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 Grady Patrick Pat- Grady Patrick Grady. It's interesting because it? our question comes from someone named Pat. Okay. Well, that's Patrick that. Grady. Okay. Yeah, Patrick Grady. I I can look it up while you're reading the next question. All right. Well, actually, it's more like a comment. Uh, it's about your article, Dr. Hoffman. The sixteen reasons why most studies are wrong. And you know, Dr. Ralph Moss really went into that too, about so many how they would the studies or the stats would be slanted. 16 reasons why most studies are wrong. Phyllis says, an excellent article should be required reading for both medical and interested lay, lay people. It's well, true. thanks for that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, that we have to become, you know, just as we have to be sophisticated consumers of the news, you know, you hear, this is actually something that I learned early in life, uh, is my parents, maybe because they came from Europe, where they where they kind of invented propaganda, you know, mm. frankly, in you know Hitler and and Goebbels. Mussolini and all these people, they invented propaganda. So mm-hmm. they would always, you know, kind of harumph at, you know, the news and not take it literally. All right, you know, and look kind of behind the political pronouncements and so on. Uh, and I think we need to do that with studies because oh yeah, studies come out like. Uh, studies that say, uh, you know, something is... is I want to know who's writing the abstract, because what you yeah. read in the abstract is, in many cases, is very different from the conclusions that are actually drawn in the study. It's like, who's writing this fast copy on these ab- abstracts? And unfortunately, a lot of news outlets or even medical writers and others, they're just reading the abstract and, hey, guess what? Eggs are bad. No, but the study says eggs are good. Coming back to eggs. <laughs> right. As an example. Right. You know, so, yeah, you've got to read the whole thing, the methodology, you know, not just what they tell you in the abstract, even on PubMed. So. And, you know, one of the things that I 
don't recall they did very well for us in medical school was they didn't teach us how to critically review studies. Uh, but what I understand is that there's at Harvard Medical School and probably some other medical schools, uh, there are classes where they actually look at studies and they take the studies apart. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a skill because, you know, we doctors are, we're actually medical consumers. We're not, most of us, researchers, you know, in the lab performing the research. Right. We we have to constantly read like the latest, greatest drug or the latest, greatest yes. procedure or the latest, in my case, information about nutrition. Mm -hmm. And we have to have the ability to look at the study, but also look, you know, like well, how many people were in the study? Yeah. Uh, did they control for variables? Uh, you know, who wrote the study? I mean, uh, it's who was like, it funded by? Yeah. I mean, like, is the study, was that study done by the egg board? Right. <laughs> you know, right. Like, <laughs> the National Beef Cattlemen's Association. Right. Right. Or, you know, uh, and that might influence the outcome of the study. And, sure. But more often, it's the drug companies doing the studies. Yeah. And they might omit information that uh, prejudices their drug or they might compare uh, their drug to an inferior mm -hmm. uh, you know, competitor or something. Back when I was an undergraduate, I remember one of my, my professors saying that money, grant money from the National Institutes of Health, the NIH, is supposedly clean. That's no longer the case. Right. I don't believe that anymore. No anymore. strings attached. No <laughs> strings attached. That's supposed to be the cleanest money, the non-unbiased, you know, we're looking for well, this result. Go find it. Here's your grant money. It's been laundered? <laughs> 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 Do we have an additional question? Uh, uh, no, that that was well. The, That's the mailbag. We no, actually, we've got a question from hmm, from another. This is Patty. Hi, Doctor Hobman. I plan to remove my mercury fillings and could use your advice on biological dentistry. Okay. How would one go about finding a proficient dentist here in the city? Seems like a very exact and somewhat daunting procedure. Yeah. Many thanks. Well, okay. well, just to attention what. You, you can just go to a dentist and, and say, I want all my mercury fillings taken out. And they'll say, sure, no problem. They'll just like drill, drill, drill. And then they'll put in, you know, white fillings or they'll put in, you know. And not, you're not, guaranteed to get more toxic. Exactly. This so, has to be done correctly. It I've has had to it be, done. I, yeah. have, I have mine taken out. Mm. And uh, when it was done, uh, you, first of all, it might not be a bad idea to use like a pre-treatment of some kind of chelator. Some kind of detox, uh, yes. Detox so that it pulls it out. Because what you're doing is it's kind of like uh, a good analogy is asbestos remediation. Mm. You don't just send a crew, you know, hire a bunch of, uh, you know, uh, college students getting a summer job to like go into a building, you know, put on a paper mask and just rip the asbestos out. Right. Because it's going to spread, the, It's they're going to get sick. Exactly. And it's going to spread the asbestos into the environment where it's kind of like, let sleeping dogs lie. It's The asbestos is kind of inert when it's sitting in yeah. the structure. And yes. similar, it, I mean, in the tooth, it's releasing mercury slowly. Right. But when you pull it out, it's releasing a lot of mercury. True. So. There is, there is uh, the global, it's a, uh, there's a global network of biological dentists. It's the IABDM, which is the International Academy of Biological Dentistry and Medicine. Okay. So it's dentists as well as other practitioners. But here's a place to start. Yeah. And, and they might, people who are certified in that might be a good place to start. Yeah. Um, I had a holistic dentist. And, you know, he actually uh, used uh, a dental dam so it wouldn't swallow the yes. stuff. Yes. 
And then there was also a Rever uh, negative air. The air pulling flow, out yes. the toxins yes. and not dispersing it into the office. Right. You know, because he was concerned about because dentists, personnel. regular dentists, they're full of mercury. They, they often are. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. You know, is that? Yeah. It's. I think it's an occupational hazard. Yeah. A uh, little less so now because they recognize the toxicity of mercury, but before they were just you know no taking no precautions. True. Yeah. So, Patty, there you go. The IABDM, the International Academy of Biological Dentistry and Medicine, is a good place to start to look. There you okay. have the listings there. And, of course, do interview them and find out their, you know, it's always good to find out that they are indeed knowledgeable yeah, like enough. Yeah, what's your plan? You know, right. How, how would you plan to do how this? How are you going to do this? Yeah. How are you going to, Yeah. Okay. Exactly. All right. Okay. Well, that's all the time that we have, and I want to thank you. Um, just a reminder to take advantage of everything Intelligent Medicine has to offer. You're already listening to this podcast, so you're ahead of the game, but uh, you can also subscribe to our newsletter. And, you know, we got compliments on one of my newsletter articles recently. Uh, I have an interesting one this week. What did I write about? Uh, I wrote about uh, the... Um, that was the one I wrote about, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I wrote about mercury and removing amalgams. I, I had a recent article on that and how to go about it and to find a holistic dentist to <laughs> yeah, do that. I'm usually a week ahead, so I know what I'm going to be talking about next week. Right, but this right. week, uh, I talked about... Uh, was it August auguries? Yeah, August auguries were... Was that last week? Oh, it might have been last week. Oh, no, this this was a good one, I think. Mm. 11 ways you can predict how long you'll live. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that's that's pretty good. Not to be missed. So that's, yeah. that was in the newsletter this week. Okay. So take advantage of everything we have to offer. Uh, check out uh, Fullscript for your uh, supplement shopping uh, experience. That's drhoffmanstore.com. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter for um, some of the stuff we put out on social media and for announcements about our podcasts. Thank you, Layla. Thanks, that Dr. Hoffman. That was a great week, and we'll be back yeah. next week. Uh, please send us questions uh, via questions at drhoffman.net, uh, unless you want us to take the week off next week. Because no. if there are no questions, we'll take <laughs> We'll take the book. <laughs> we'll find something to talk about. We will. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. This is Layla Mutin, R.D., I see patients regularly, along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.